Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Hello, TSF family. Welcome to episode 19 of season five. Today we are talking about high resonance days, aka birthdays, Father's Day, Mother's Day, death anniversaries, Valentine's Day. We give you some tips for healing as well as how to identify them based on your primal wounds. Enjoy. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Hello, Christina. Hi, Anna. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Definitely had some moments of 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 experiencing some pressure for time. Whenever I'm under time pressure, it's like the surest thing to make me not a nice person. <laughs> not my best person is time pressure consistently. Like if there was one thing I could be like, what's the thing that triggers you? It's time pressure and like wanting to be on time. But yeah, so what it, you were going to talk to us about something really interesting, right? About kind of catastrophic fantasizing, right? For lack of a better way of saying it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Well, I guess like the quintessential one is you you dream about your partner cheating on you and you wake up and you're mad at them or, you know, like that's, that's like a variation of it where you dream something and then you're acting it out as if it's real. Right. Another example could be, you know, your husband is coming home late for work and he has a new colleague who's cute. And you're imagining that he's late because he's staying late talking to her, maybe even having an affair. Okay, like, so, and you can like draw that whole fantasy out in your mind. And then, there, then there's other fantasies that I feel like people engage in, like at a friend who was so funny because whenever she would see Ryan Gosling, she'd go, oh, there's the guy that I always fantasize about when I have sex with my husband. <laughs> and which would be like really odd for the husband to hear that but he seems to know all about it which is so weird but anyways the point is I feel like fantasy is something that we all engage in to either enhance or well enhance or fuck up our life like it was so funny because the other day I was working out at the gym and 
I was in the class and I was doing really, really shitty. Like I was doing really like, I was like dying. It's a really hard class. Yeah. And I decided to imagine that everyone I knew was in a line watching me. And then I suddenly like got good posture and good form. And I'm trying to like do all the exercise perfect. <laughs> and like every time I started fucking up on the exercises, I was like, I'm just going to imagine that like all these people I know are watching me and like they came to the gym to see me and here I am like the worst looking one in the class. Like, no, let me stand up straight. Let me really hold those weights strong and firm and like finish till the end of the rep. And it actually helped me get through it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. And it's I, funny. You I say use my external validation, need for external validation with my fantasy to make my workout more enhanced. That's so interesting. So I can tell you that my husband is thinking it's the most hilarious thing. There are probably like two women that he spends time with when he's not with me. He's literally always here. And I've made ongoing jokes about the fact that he must be having an affair in like the the hour or two he's gone like every other week or like once every three weeks. It's so funny. And he's like, there's something here. Why do you keep making this joke? And I was like, I don't know, maybe part of me just wants some drama because I know that that's just not really a thing in her life. Like, I don't know what it is, but like he has a chiropractor. And so we have this ongoing joke now that I'm like, did you have fun at the chiropractor? Was it very stimulating? Did you feel <laughs> like that? But at the same time, I have also. But you're doing it to create humor. Whereas I think some people might do it to create problems. Right. Well, I can tell you that there are two times in my life where I have seen a, one of my boyfriends interact with a woman and I was like, there is something fucking there. And then one of the times they end like one of the times he ended up marrying her and they like have multiple kids together. So that was one of the times when I was just like, I have a feeling there's something here. And at that point I was like uninvested in the relationship. And then another time, like of, of just like seeing an interaction and just being like, there's something here. And it wasn't that it was like, I felt that they were cheating on me. They could have been like, I've not been aware of that happening to me. That like, hasn't been in my, my kind of life experience, but like, or that I'm aware of anyway, but like, I'm always just like, Hmm, what's the difference between catastrophic or like that kind of fantasizing and like instinct? Like, how would you tell the difference between the two of those? I wonder. Um, Snoopy, just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I had one similar where they're, they're like married and have kids like they have like four kids and they're yeah. married now and I remember being like I feel like there's something going on here but it wasn't intuition it was just logic because she like asked him how his she like rattled off the names of his sisters because it was one of their birthdays or something and she like knew and I'm like they must be having some pretty in-depth conversation that she can name all his sisters yeah so some so, of it's that was maybe, rational yeah yeah that was rational so I mean I think the point is is that I think we've all we've talked about this in the past is like how do you tell the difference between an instinct and your kind of wounds coming up being afraid that something's happening and like you know how do you how do you tell what's like precog or what's like energetically being able to sense something and what's otherwise and I think I would say for me they feel different I can feel when I'm generating a fantasy and even even a dream, like I can feel when dreams feel different. I can feel when sometimes it's just like off gassing and maybe I just want drama. And then when it's like, you really need to pay attention to this one, right? And it kind of feels the same way in my waking life. Yeah, and I just want to give a disclaimer that I'm not suggesting that that my friend was cheating with the guy I was seeing. Yeah. 
I don't know like when things started. I only know that as soon as we broke up, they were dating immediately after, but I do believe they're, they're good people. And I like to see the story as like, I brought them together versus they cheated on me. Like, I don't need that narrative. And yeah, exactly. And, and they're like really nice people. So my, my guess is they were kosher about it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So today we are going to be talking about what was originally called difficult days, but I really like the shift that Anna and AM made, which is high resonance days or as, or also access days. So if you use the kind of shadow work thing, it's kind of access days, but high resonance days are days that it feels like you're experiencing the entire spectrum of human experience, you know, especially if, if you're in a Western culture and you have the privilege of being able to do these things. What I'm talking about is birthdays, if you're a parent, even if you're not actually Mother's Day, Father's Day, death anniversaries of people who you love, Valentine's Day, things along those lines is what we're going to be talking about. Because I feel like there is so much around these days that is just like, they're so built up. They're so built up to supposed to be these like beautiful, magical moments and like, hey, I get everything I want, especially as kids. Like I can keep remembering this Tears for Fear song called Mad World. And it's like children waiting for the day they feel good. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Like, you know, they're just waiting for that day that they can feel good. And I feel like we carry that a lot into our adult lives. And especially if we had wounded, wounded or traumatized parts, these days can be really difficult. And I think it's it's necessary and it's useful to address the things that they can bring up in us. So without further ado, birthdays. We'll start mm-hmm. with the big one, birthdays. How has your history of birthdays been, Anna, in your life? Well, it's funny you say that. I think, I, well, all right, so my birthday. So when my mother died, I was like 11. And when I was around 14, I started spending the summers in Michigan with my cousin Liz and her family. And I remember it was like my 14th birthday and she had planned a really nice party for me. And she came up to my room while I was getting ready for bed and I was crying. And she said, why are you crying? It's your birthday. And I said, well, this is actually the saddest day of the year for me because it's the day that I miss my mom the most. And she was so sweet because from then on, I would like spend the whole summer with her and I would always be there on my birthday and she would always make it a really, oh, she's such a sweet person. And I feel like, you know, maybe this is where my codependence comes from. It's just like, I've had so many wonderful people in my life shift things for me. And yeah. she really shifted my birthday. Like, I feel like I healed that through her. And I, I, I slowly and surely started to see my birthday as something fun and beautiful. And I looked forward to it. And I love my birthdays again. Yeah. Yeah. So like, she really is the person who I'm going to like cry thinking about actually, but like, she's the person who helped me learn to love my birthdays again. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And yeah, it's just, it's funny how those things work. Like I know for me, my birthday has always been a very charged event. (laughs) The victim part of me always says my birthday is March 1st. And in the Northern hemisphere, it's in winter. And in the Southern hemisphere, it's in fall (laughs) because they don't go by the equinox and the solstice. They go by the first day of the month. And so it's never been in a warm season. It's always either been in a fall or a winter, which is hilarious. But like, you know, I've had pretty like, 
you know, I remember my third birthday, I like dropped a heavy window on my thumb and I spent my whole birthday alone, like crying in a bedroom because my mom was having a party. And I remember so many birthdays that like, I kind of just felt like maybe it was the day that things wouldn't go wrong. And I feel like it was always the day that things went wrong. And then as I got older and I started having more autonomy, like I remember it's like one of my more embarrassing moments. And it just like, to me, it'll kind of resonate. We'll talk about later about like how the primal wounds show up on our birthdays. But like, this was like classic betrayal is that like for my 21st birthday in college, I had a lot of, I had a lot of good friends, but I was never like the primary best friend of anybody. Like, if you know what I'm saying, like even like one of my very good and dear friends, like she was just, she was a very good and dear friend of a lot of people. Right. And so I just did the weirdest thing. It's like so embarrassing for me to even say, and it's like kind of speaks to privilege too, is that like, I spent 200 bucks and I rented out a bar on my birthday and basically like invited all these people thinking that all these people would come and like nobody come like nobody came like there's probably like there were like a good like 10 people who came and they were so sweet and they stayed there and they bought me drinks all night and I got so drunk on my 21st birthday but like you know it was just kind of like nobody could make it you know what I mean like I even tried to like create the thing so that people would come and nobody made it. And I remember with my partner that I, when I went to New Zealand and I lived in New Zealand, like my partner was always really the most sick on my birthday, which I thought was interesting. Cause that partner to me was like the representation of my mother relationship in which like the person's always sick. So they can't show up. And I don't know if I've actually fully he healed my birthday stuff. I feel like I've gotten to the point where I recognize the stuff that comes up on my birthday and I just like have this kind of happy go lucky, like, I don't give a shit, like whatever happens, it's just my attitude. So maybe I've kind of gotten over those, but like, it's been a hard day. It's been a hard day in my past for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always, this is might be really fucked up, but I've always gauged my relationships, like my boyfriends by how well do they treat me on my birthday? Yeah. It's like a, 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 a breaking point. I remember when I was dating the person I believe I was trauma bonded to, like my first real boyfriend, I remember for my birthday, first of all, for his birthday, I got him exactly what he wanted. Okay. It was expensive and it ended up getting stolen later that day. And I remember being so happy it got stolen because he didn't get me shit for my birthday. And I was like, good. Oh, wow. And I was like, glad that his thing got stolen. And for my birthday, he knitted me. First of all, he didn't even give me anything. He knitted me like this headscarf thing that he was just like working on. And then he just kind of threw it at me and was like, here, you can have this for your birthday. What? And I, yes. This is the shit I would put up with. And then not only that, we went to visit his family and his niece liked it. So he took it off my head and gave it to her. Wow. And I wow. was like, but that was my birthday gift. He's like, I'll make you another one. But of course he didn't. Uh. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff I put up with. Can you believe how far I've come? <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, and I can honestly say like, that, like, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's pretty bad. It's fucking bad. And yeah. my husband will get me anything I ask for on my birthday. I mean, obviously like within reason, but no, but like my husband would do anything for me on my birthday. Yeah. So again, a case or like, I can measure someone's heart by how they treat me on my birthday. Yeah. I mean, I had the most amazing 40th birthday. It was the day after I got back from being incredibly jet lagged and I was very tired, but like, 
I, like my husband threw me a surprise 40th this year and like got everyone to come up like you guys all y'all to come down to where I am and like surprise me on my birthday it was like and then all these people came over and like gave me this joint gift which I use like so many I use so much but you know just like really incredible stuff and it's like it really just kind of it, it is it feels almost like a report card or something and both your own growth and then your partner's growth and I feel like We'll talk about later about like how we can we can kind of mature our feelings about birthdays, but like yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely a thing. Um, can I say one of my favorite birthdays? Yes, yes, for, please. for my husband. So my husband usually always asks me what I want for my birthday, but one year he didn't, and he completely surprised me. He got me a kayak. And I had no idea I wanted one. I'm from the desert. It's just like not in my scope of even fantasy, like what to fantasize about. Like, I don't know. He got me a kayak. It is one of my favorite things in the world. It has coffee cup holders and go drink my coffee on the lake. And ah, that was my, that was amazing. That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's part of it too, right? Which is this like, and we'll talk about that later as well is like, this idea of being so intimate with someone that they just know what it is that you want, right? That they like, it's like a testament to like, they know the day it is and things like that. And and that is a wonderful place to be in. And for a lot of people, that's not the case. And, you know, what is it? We, we'll talk about later about like the things that we can do to kind of get into a place where where we're moving out of the drama triangle where where we're not setting ourselves up to be the victim because the person doesn't know us or because we're hard to buy for or something like that so the next one is mother's day oh (laughs) (laughs) i did not realize how bad mother's day was until you told me that eric acknowledged that it was like you were always going to have a bad day on mother's day what was that like four years ago something like that Yeah. Look, so my first Mother's Day would have been 10 years ago and it was absolutely traumatic and horrible. And I called my friend, Michelle, who has four children uh, and I started crying and I was like, Michelle, I was looking forward to Mother's Day all all month and it's, or, you know, all, I was looking forward to Mother's Day and it sucked and she, and I'm crying and she laughs and she goes, oh, Anna, don't you know, Mother's Day fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) They definitely need she she always makes me laugh she always makes me laugh when I'm like crying she's got a great sense of humor so she's just like don't you know Mother's Day fucking sucks it's the worst day of the year and she made me laugh really hard and then like I just kind of reserve the right to be the victim on Mother's Day for years and my husband once said to me like before Mother's Day even started like the night before he's like okay I know no matter what I do you're gonna get upset but and then like he whatever he said he said but I remember when he said that I was like wait what I'm gonna get upset tomorrow he's like yeah you're gonna get upset tomorrow you always do and like when he said that I was like (laughs) I was like fuck you know like I don't know I was like I'm gonna get upset now you know like because I'm competitive I was like well now I gotta now I gotta heal these wounds because I can't let him be right (laughs) I mean I'm kidding I don't know what happened but like the point our mother's day now is really good because he's really stepped it up and he's really gone above and beyond and he's my mother's day now are awesome so I can say that like other people have really made me appreciate my days 
Oh my God. That was me this year. I, I can say that for me, my mother's day, I think it like bottomed out this year. I think t- this year was like, maybe it can only go up here from here because it was just like, I don't even remember it because it's just drama. Right. But like, I think mother's day has always been kind of shit because I was always just so keenly aware of the fact that I didn't have a mother. And then I usually had to wish somebody happy mother's day, just for the sake of something that I didn't feel at all to a stepmother that I had. So it was always had a lot of mixed feelings in it. And then when I, when I like, when I was young, like when my kids were younger, all I wanted for mother's day was just time to myself. Right. I was just like, that's it. That's, that's just give me time to myself and I'll be fine. But I think now that they're getting older, I think I'm like almost expecting that they're going to, that my kids are going to step it up and then my husband's going to help them step it up. But like this year, he took us out to dinner the night before because apparently Mother's Day was too much to go out on. And like, I love going out for breakfast on Mother's Day. It's like my favorite thing. And like, it was, you would not have told that this day was anything different. And he said the exact same thing to me this year that Eric said to you that year. He's like, there's nothing I could have done that was right. If I had told you the right thing, you would have gotten mad. If I had let you do your own thing, you would have gotten mad. And I was like, I don't know about that. Like, I feel like he might be certain, he might be kind of right, but I also feel like giving up is probably not the right approach to do about that. I feel like it's like, then that's one of the things we'll talk about is like direct communication to like recognize that these are hard days for people, whether it's because they don't have a mother to like, whether it's even if you're childless and it's, it's you, you're have a strained relationship with your mother, like that's going to be a difficult day. And if it's, and if you are a parent, you know, and you have a combination of a strained relationship with your parent, and then, you know, your kids are too young or like all these different things, like having a direct conversation with this, I feel like is a really good idea. And also just recognizing that maybe you just need to be really fucking miserable, or maybe you just need to leave. (laughs) We'll talk about that later. Oh yeah. (laughs) I did have a birthday. I think when, when my kids were really little that I, my gift was I went to a hotel and I slept in. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to leave and do what you need to do. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the next one is Father's Day. For all of the different things that we said before during Mother's Day, still can't. Like, I feel like a lot of people, Father's Day is a difficult day, especially if they have a strained relationship with their father. Here's an am I the asshole for not for that went a little viral on Reddit. It says, am I the asshole for not giving my husband a single hour off on Father's Day? My husband, 36 male, and I, 33 female, have been married for eight years and have three kids, five, three, and a one-month-old infant. I'm still recovering from a planned C-section, and it's taking a lot longer than I hoped for. Okay, it's really long. And the TLDR, too, too long, didn't read of it, is there's a woman, she just had a baby, they have three kids, and her husband, and she's recovering from a C-section. And on Father's Day, she didn't do anything for him. And other than buy him steaks that he could cook for himself. Exactly. She bought him steaks that he could cook for himself. And he ended up eating cold pizza for dinner because he was so busy doing everything around the house for everyone else. I asked him what I was supposed to do because it's not like I can move or leave the house. And he said I could have looked for a sitter for the kids or made them sit with me and watch a movie for an hour so he could have had a sliver of time for himself. He said he feels like his needs are at the bottom of the list and he just wants to feel like he matters for one day. He did all the cooking and cleaning. And then it was unanimously decided that this woman is the asshole. They said, yeah. why didn't you coordinate with a friend or family member to take the kids? Or why didn't you at least order takeout? 
because like why would you make your husband cook on father's day yeah 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 and that feels like it. I mean, that's that I feel like, especially when parents are, are, are early, you know, they're, they have young kids, new parents, giving them time off is the thing is the luxury that you lose the moment you have kids. Right. And, and sometimes that is the best way that is the best thing to do. One of my favorite ones was just like, it was that everyone sucks here was that um, on mother's day, like the mother was like, I just want a day off. And so instead of doing that, the husband bought like tickets to something and he sent like Disneyland them- or something, yeah, like like something really loud and obnoxious. Right. And was like, go have fun. Like literally sent the mom, like she asked for time off and he, and she, and sent the mom and the kids off and he got the whole day off because he basically just gave the mom like a day alone with the kids doing some crazy shit. And his like present was like, I'm going to do this. So on Father's Day, she bought a bunch of arcade games, like, go, get, you know, arcade cards with credit on them. And she handed them to her husband and said, go have fun. And so she got her day off on Father's Day. And it was just like this fucking, and he was pissed. He was like, I asked for one thing. I did this. And she's like, and everyone in the comments was like, okay, just look at these two situations. They are exactly the same. You guys did the exact same thing. She did exactly to you what you did to her. Y'all are equal. Like there's no, yeah. yeah. And in the future, he should take the kids to the arcade on Mother's Day and she should have taken them to Disney or whatever on Father's Day. Exactly. But they just didn't either communicate clearly or they were being assholes. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so the next one is, is anything associated with a past person like whether it's a child or a parent it's a death anniversary it's the birthday of somebody who's passed and these are really high resonance days because they give us an opportunity to reflect on everything that we've missed you know by not being able to be there to give that to that person right or by feeling the sting of 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 having a death anniversary right where it's just like it's always a moment of pause and for a lot of people it's a really difficult day and it's kind of a more obvious difficult day i know that my for years and years and years as a kid my my mom's death anniversary was december 19th it's just a couple of days before christmas and we are cultural christians in my family so we celebrate christmas but like the you know it was always a day in which at first we used to go visit the cemetery and kind of do some sort of ritual and then and then nothing and i remember when i lived in new zealand with my boyfriend i lived with his family for about two and a half years off and on and i remember my his mother her mother had just died like in the couple of years before and i feel like her and another one of my boyfriend's mothers were the two people who cared the most to help me like recognize that day. And especially like my Kiwi boyfriend's mother, she would light a candle and we would light a candle like on the death anniversary. And then on Christmas again, like, cause they were really close together. We like lit candles and had a moment of silence. And she sat there for while I did it for my mother. And I sat there while she did it for her mother. And it was like, it was like the most amazing thing because in every other circumstance, my family you know, I think my dad tried to do what he could, but he didn't do a lot when we were younger. And then it just became a non thing. It just became a thing where my sister and I would just like text each other back and forth and be like, Hey, how are you doing today? But like, 
I remember those moments were just like, it was so meaningful to have an adult, like even if I was an adult, to have an adult or somebody be like, hey, you just should slow down on this day. Like to have that support system and have like your sangha or your community in whatever way come and just be like, hey, I recognize today might be a really hard day for you. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I used to like dread my mother's death day. Like like it would be on the calendar and she hers was 3-3. Three, three. And I would like back in February, just start mentally preparing. And it was always my, my dread of it was always worse than the day itself. I remember that. I remember the day would come and go and it would be okay. But like the days leading up to it were always infinitely worse, like as I approached it. And then I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe it was the primal wounds work. Maybe I don't, I can't put my finger on like what it was, but they just started to be easier. They just started to get easier and easier. And this year actually was the first time that I was in New Mexico on her death day in years. And I, me and my sister went and brought her flowers to her, to the graveyard, you know, like I just felt like I wanted to give her something. Whereas before I was always wanting to just suffer in silence. Do you reckon it has to do with like the clearing that Joyce Anastasia did for you regarding your mother being in like a halfway place maybe yeah I I I don't know I I don't know what it was but it was just like I don't know I wanted to bring her flowers I just felt like that was I I wanted to enjoy it I just said happy death day and gave her the flowers because I was like this is a special day for her too you know wherever she is yeah yeah no that's good and I think you know well like I said we'll talk about good strategies and I think that coming to a place, it whatever strategy you take is probably reflective of where you are in your pattern of grief, I think, in a lot of ways too. Acceptance of it or acceptance of the person and kind of where everything goes from there. So yeah. So the next is Valentine's Day. And I really want to read this Am I the Asshole because you can literally, y'all put on your TSF ear filters and you can hear the primal wounds just like ringing through this post. And I, and I'm, I won't necessarily read the whole thing, but I'm just going to read like the first paragraph. It's, am I the asshole for wanting more from my boyfriend on Valentine's Day? Today was my boyfriend, male 22, and I's female 22's first Valentine's Day as a couple. And we met in 2020 online, but due to the pandemic, we didn't meet in person until mid last year. And since then we've been together. So this was a year ago. So 2022. I grew up and well, I grew up well looked after and never wanted for much because my mother is a very giving person and always went above and beyond for me. This translated in my love language as being, I'm a big giver and can be extravagant in what I give. I don't expect everyone in my life to be extra the way that I am. I often pick little gifts for my boyfriend for no real occasion, just because it's how I express my affection. He doesn't often reciprocate, but it's usually doesn't bother me because he expresses his love in other ways. However, since this Valentine's Day was the first we'd be spending as a couple, I was really hoping he would go out of his way and do something special, especially because I'd communicated that it meant a lot to me. He voiced that he wouldn't take time off, which I understood and suggested that arrangements could be made for after work or on the weekend before. He said that it didn't matter and if we didn't celebrate the day together because we were going on a trip two weeks beforehand. This upset me because the vacation booked was never planned to be a constellation for Valentine's Day plans, nor did we do anything special on vacation that related to today. The the trip was solely planned for me and split financially 50-50 despite me being a student and him working full time. 
This isn't anything I find an issue with on a normal occasion, but this isn't what I considered a Valentine's gift or plan. And I explained to him that I'd like to at least celebrate in another way. He said, we'll see. On the day of the holiday, he gave me a card, told me to open it on Valentine's Day. From then, I knew he had no plans to see me today, but I still hoped I might be wrong. Today, when he told me he had nothing planned for us, I asked if he could plan something for this weekend, and he complained about the prices of everything. I opened his card and appreciated the words, but I couldn't help feeling disappointed that no other effort was made, and I didn't get a gift or anything else from him. I don't often ask for it, but I don't give to get, but today it hurt me. I spent hours making him a basket filled with his favorite things, and I won't even get to give it to him today. I can't tell if I'm being overdramatic, and I don't want to come off as ungrateful and spoiled, but I just feel underappreciated and disappointed that he's gone to no effort for something I care about. Wow. What, what do you your, think? I, you know, it's interesting. I, I would have broken up that age, <laughs> At that age of my 20s, I would have broken up with him. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to waste time with someone like that. Now that I'm older... I probably like could talk it out and it would just be like in the back of my head, kind of like a red flag or a strike. But like in my, if I was how old she is, like a college student, I would have ended it. What, what was the consensus? The consensus that was that she was not the asshole. Yeah. Um, and, but most of them said that she's not the asshole, but she needs to realize that he's probably not going to be the person for her at this point in her life. Because ultimately what you can see loud and clear is either one of two things. Either he doesn't believe in Valentine's Day as a thing, right? Like, so it's like fundamentally not in his belief system, so to speak. Or two, like he he's not willing to he's not willing to meet her where she said she clearly communicated what she wanted. He was not willing to meet her in that space. And therefore, that is an indication of future where even if she communicates clearly, like he won't meet her in that space. I have a Valentine's breakup story. I like before my husband, I was in love with this guy. We talked about marriage. We weren't formally engaged, but he was, you know, we talked about getting married. We we talked about a future together. Okay. So like totally, I could say in some ways, my non-official fiance and a few, like a few. So he was living in Mexico when I was living in New Mexico and he was Argentine. So he couldn't cross the border. This was not the narcissist. This is a different Argentine. But anyways, so I remember one day we were talking like a, a month or two, a month or a couple of weeks before Valentine's day. And I had asked him like, what do you want to do for it? Like, what is your idea? Kind of like, I wanted to get a feel for like, what, how does he celebrate it? So I can either match my expectations you know, or make sure if I don't, wasn't planning on doing something, make sure I do something. Like, I just kind of wanted to like, get a feel for like what, you know, said, so what, cause to me, I've had boyfriends in the past that didn't care about Valentine's day and me being the abandonment wound uh, doormat that I can be, you'd be like, Oh, he doesn't like Valentine's day. Okay. Then we won't celebrate. I'll be okay with that. Even though to me it is important. Okay. So I said to him, like, how do you celebrate? He's like, well, actually I've never celebrated it in the past because I've never actually been in love before. So this will be the first Valentine's day that I'm in love. So we should definitely celebrate it. And I was like, yeah, okay, great. And I was like, so excited. Cause I was going to have my first Valentine's day where I was actually really in love, you know, cause you know, when you're in love, you're like, this is really the only time I've ever really been in love. And, um, and I was so excited. Well, Valentine's day comes. And I'm in New Mexico. He's in Mexico. He didn't call me. We had special phones. So we had these like walkie talkie phones that you could talk internationally. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
he didn't call me like all day. And I'm starting to be like, okay, like he's sending flowers. He's doing something because he said that he's never been in love before. But since he is in love with me, it's going to be different this time. So I'm all day like waiting, like, what is the surprise? What's the surprise? You know, nothing. So I call him like at 10 o'clock at night. I was like, hey, do you know what today is? It's Valentine's Day. Did you forget? He's like, no, I've just been really, really, really busy with work. And I was like, well, did you think to call me or anything? And he's like, no. And I was like, so tell me about your day. And he tells me about his day. And in the course of his day, he took a coworker out for coffee. No, she was not romantic, but he did have time to take a coworker out to coffee, but he didn't have time to do something special for me on Valentine's day, even if it was a phone call. And then not only that, if he hadn't prefaced the whole thing, like two weeks prior by saying when I'm really, really in love with someone is finally the time I'll do it. If he hadn't set me up like that, it probably wouldn't hurt so bad. But the fact that he didn't follow through when he had told me that he's never fallen through on it before, because he's never been in love before made me feel like I was totally duped. And I was like, you don't, you must not love me then. And he's like, no, I was busy. Can't you support me? Can't you support me on a really busy day? And I was just like, fuck you. And we broke up. (laughs) So in that situation, I wanted to get married and have kids and, and be in love. And that was just too much for me to be told that he, in essence, to me, he was saying, I don't love you. Now he might've just been busy. He might've really been busy that day, but I, I threw the whole relationship away over that one incident because I was so hurt. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's a huge, it's a huge betrayal. Right. And like you said, it's like you were willing to self-abandon, but he said that you didn't have to, and you had that hope that you weren't going to have to self-abandon, right. That it was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then it's funny because my husband doesn't believe in Valentine's day. Yeah. Neither does Okay. <laughs> But, but this is his consolation to me is he says, I don't believe in Valentine's day, but I will celebrate you and our love story on the day before or the day after, but I can't do it on Valentine's day, you know, cause he yeah. like values his autonomy and freedom of choice or whatever. Yeah. So like, I'll get a bouquet of roses either on the day before or the day after Valentine's day, but never on Valentine's day. That's funny. That's funny. And for us, it's Valentine's day is four days, five days after his birthday and like two weeks before my birthday. So we're just like, it's fucking overkill. Like if, if, if if Valentine's day was in like October or maybe like July, like maybe we would do it. But with the placement of our birthdays, it's like, okay, we've already been celebrating our love for each other a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, I think if you, there's just so much like resonance and with this, it's like, you know, culturally and and socially and emotionally. And like, so for me, Valentine's day before I met my husband had a lot to do with abandonment. I felt abandoned on that day. If I was, if I was forgotten, I didn't feel rejected. I felt abandoned, you know, or I was self-abandoned by not celebrating a day that I really wanted to. Yep. Yep, exactly. And so now we're going to get into the reasons why they are terrible besides just because they, because they're high resonance days, like Anna's saying, like they are high resonance days, which means that we're given access when we might not want it, right? We're given access to our grief. We're giving access to the expectations, childhood trauma, all of this different stuff that we might not want. And it's just because another day turned on the calendar, right? And that in and of itself can be difficult. And then we're also given awareness, right? So, you know, talk about the I talk about how Mother's Day for me is like a report card. And if it's a shitty Mother's Day, then I'm like, well, I guess I'm a shitty mother. 
you know, like I've definitely had that thought a couple of different times that like, if they really loved me, they would do something, they would care, which, you know, then gives me awareness of my insecurity around mothering or my insecurity around being a good partner or being a good friend or whatever it is. Right. So giving us access and awareness. And I want to kind of go through how I think each of the, the, the wounds that we've gone through in our series show up on this day. So Anna was just talking about abandonment. I kind of said that, you know, abandonment is you do so much all year long and you enable everyone around you to have an easy life. And, you know, you're kind of, and you're expecting your due and you only want your due on one day, like whether it's mother day or your birthday, or maybe there's two days a year that you want to, to just like, to get what you're due. Right. Even if you're not thinking about doing stuff to, you know, even if you're not doing it because you want your due, just like they said in that, that am I the asshole? It's really about like, you know, recognizing that like it would be nice to have one day where you don't have to serve everyone. And and then, you know, you're disappointed because they're still not going to do anything because they've been enabled by you kind of doing everything and taking care of stuff. So they're just like, I don't need to do anything else or they don't realize how much it goes into. Do you want to add anything to that, Anna? All right. The next is betrayal. Um, betrayal, I think shows up in a way of you try and make the day you like take control, right? Cause the mask of betrayal is control and you try and make the day as good as possible. You try and set everything up so that everything can be perfect, right? And you try and control every single aspect, which ultimately maybe makes the day go okay, but none of the feeling of it because you've controlled everything, like it doesn't feel good because you're you're setting up for the disappointment that they didn't go and do anything around the edges of that or they didn't do anything in addition to that right it's like this desire to try and dissipate the pain that you feel from somebody not showing up because you have been disappointed by trying to control everything to a T that's similar to what I did when I got a bar for my 21st birthday i was like hardcore that's betrayal right i was just like I'm going to, I'm just going to do this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to control how my birthday shows up because I feel like if I don't like nothing's going to happen and it's going to be a 21st birthday and it's going to come and go. And then I ended up just going straight into rejection um, and abandonment for that birthday. Next is injustice. Injustice is when you compare your birthday or with your family or your loved one's birthday. Like you basically, if your mother's day, you compare it to how you did for father's day and you try and outdo them on their birthdays so that they'll show up on your birthday, right? And then you're just like, I'm so disappointed by the fact that you haven't shown up on my birthday. Look at what I did for you. And it's so unfair how little you did for me. I, I have a story about this one. Yeah. It was this year in, in, in Mother's Day, although it wasn't a big thing. But so for Mother's Day this year, my husband wanted to, us to go see a Broadway musical, Cats, which by the way, is so fucking bonkers. You really need to be stoned so to appreciate that. Bonkers. It's so, my, my daughter Jellico says, mid, yeah, Jellico, my daughter mid, mid play says to me, so they have lore, but no plot. <laughs> oh gosh, that's so, fucking brilliant. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. It's all lore, but no plot. So anyways, so my husband like went out of his way to plan a, a, a beautiful lunch date and Broadway musical for us and he went above and beyond but what I really wanted <laughs> was a gardening duffel from Target with like a new shovel and a new little hand tiller and all these little new little gadgets because they had this beautiful set at Target and that's what I really actually wanted I didn't want the you know all the stuff he did 
So I told him, I said, okay, this is so nice what you've done. You've gone above and beyond buying these tickets, but this, but what I really want is this. And he's like, well, why don't you go buy it and we'll give it to you from the kids. And then I was wrestling with the injustice of it. And I was like, wait, wait, I'm okay with it. Should I be okay with this? Should I not be okay with this? Is this unfair that I'm having to buy? And I, I'm going back and forth. It wasn't a big trigger. It wasn't a big thing. But I remember going back and forth and being like, am I self-abandoning? If I go and do this, am I like, I was measuring the injustice of me having to buy my own Mother's Day gift and me putting the effort to go get it. So I said to him, I thought about it and I really want you to go get it. I want you to go to the store and get it. And I'll take pictures of everything I want. And he's like, yeah. Anna that doesn't make any sense. I don't know what I'm looking for. It's going to be super, super complicated. You go to Target all the time and you know exactly what you want. Just get it and I'll give it to the kids to give to you. And he, what he said made a lot of sense. My injustice wound is like, but is it fair? Is it fair? Is it fair that I have to go purchase my own gift? And I, you know, like, and I really fucking went around in circles and is like, does this mean that I'm a fucking failure? if I go and buy my gift for myself and then I'm kind of like, well, what would, am I the asshole people say? And I think if I use Reddit as my parameter for justice or injustice, I think they would say, look, it's not that he didn't appreciate you on mother's day. He bought very expensive Broadway tickets. He planned a day out. He planned a lunch. He's put time and energy into making sure you have a great day, but he doesn't want to deal with the nuisance of picking out gardening tools that he doesn't know what he'll get if he'll get the right thing. So why don't you just go and get what you want? So I told myself, okay, this is my whole injustice wound going back and forth, ping ponging. I said, okay, fine. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll go buy the gardening stuff. But it, it actually was smart because I ended up getting everything I actually wanted, whereas there was a high risk of him getting the wrong yes. thing. Yes. And anyways, I love that little thing. I, I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's great if you love to garden. It was it was just, it's just adorable. That's so good. But I think, I think that's like a really good point. I think it's actually really interesting because we have obviously brought Am I the Asshole into this. And I am like mildly like convinced that am I the asshole is like validation for people's wounds. You know what I mean? Like there's something in there where people are like looking for validation for, it, it's a very interesting thing. We could probably do an entire episode on like, what is the psychology of am I the asshole, but or the energetic But don't you think that they would agree that like, look, yes, had yes. he not done anything, I should have insisted on the gardening bag, but because he had already put in so much time and effort, it really was, I was just doing a favor for my kids really. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, that's the thing. It also speaks to the fact that like experience is more important than items, right? Like you can buy yourself an item and, and maybe, and he was trying to create a family experience. Right. And I know my husband's the same way. Like he would rather do an experience than he would to like get a physical object. Right. Um, all right. So rejection, rejection shows up by, you don't tell anyone about your birthday and you expect nothing. And you're just like, you totally fugitive the fuck out of that where you're just like, I'm not going to show up don't do anything for me at all. Like that's the rejection wound showing up on these high resonance days, right? Like it's not a big deal. I'm not going to do anything. Don't do anything. Like, you know, there's people who like, you don't even know where their birthday is and they like hardcore protect where their birthday is because they don't want to be disappointed. Like that's rejection wound. And then humiliation one, this one's a little bit different. I don't know if you have a different interpretation for this or more insight on this, but I said it was like, you throw yourself a huge birthday and you go above and beyond and it completely exhausts you because the mask of humiliation is masochism. So it's like, you know, you throw yourself in some ways, maybe my 21st birthday party is humiliation because I threw myself this big party and did all this work for it and nobody showed up. So it was humiliating. I don't know. What would you say? Like, 
do you have any insight any other thoughts besides what the example i came up with i think you could add shame to any of them though you know it's a great tag along wound it is it's a really great tag along wound yeah or or maybe actually no i can think of one you really love your birthday and then you let your partner like say like hey we're gonna spend your birthday with my family and you hate his family right like or you hate her family like you know what i mean like you're basically stuck doing and being with people you don't want to be with because you didn't actually say i don't want that right like you didn't actually do it so it's like a kind of a masochistic experience i feel like that could be it and I think there's also some humiliation involved with a, a joint holiday like Valentine's or Christmas where like that girl, and I've been there too, where you get your partner a nice gift and they get you nothing. And it feels humiliating. Let me tell you, it feels really humiliating to show up to Valentine's Day with a box of chocolates for your beloved and he comes empty handed, you know, it, as a woman in this culture, whatever it is, there's humiliation in that because you're like, Okay. That's a really good point. In fact, somebody was telling me about how, especially in the South, like that there's a, someone was telling me they used to to work at the college that's in my town. And like every single Valentine's day, all the women would compete for who had the biggest rose bouquet that arrived on Valentine's day. And it was like a really embarrassing thing. If your husband either forgot or gave you like a small dinky one, like it became a competition thing. So it was like, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. It's yeah. Apparently... And I bet some of those women took matters into their own hands and ordered their own fucking bouquets. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to just quickly mention is like the mother wound, you know, talking about mother wound is going to show up on Mother's Day, like it or not. If you have mother hunger, you're probably going to feel that around Mother's Day. And the same with father wound, you may have those those feelings of like thinking that your identity is wrapped up in being a father and mother and if you don't get what you need or you don't if if there's an expectation that doesn't get met then you're gonna you're gonna feel like your identity is at risk okay so how to make these high resonance days better number one process your feelings around each of these wounds we're going to be doing this a lot more next season when we go back into the primal wounds number two stop self-abandoning stop self-betraying give yourself plenty of time, plenty of resources to do the things that you love, that you want to do and feed yourself that day. Don't expect anybody else to feed you. If they are going to feed you, that's wonderful. But, uh, you know, I think the most important thing is not to self-abandon or self-betray, not just on the day, but in all the other days, like don't self-abandon every other day. And then you're like, Mother's Day is going to be the one day I don't self-abandon. And then you're like, well, fuck. I still self-abandoned or everybody else abandoned me. So that just feels just as bad. Give yourself what you need throughout the year so that it doesn't all build up on that one day that you're supposed to get what you want. The second is just to do lots of like, like we say with a lot of different things, like it's another kind of processing, but doing a lot of forgiveness and practices for yourself that day. Be really gentle in the, in the days leading up to it and recognize that, you know, we put People are coming in with their parts. They're coming in with their wounds. Like that Valentine's Day, Am I the Asshole is a perfect example, is she was saying, hey, I need all this stuff. And she was giving this whole thing about this is my love language. And she knows so much about herself. And her partner may have self-awareness, but it sounds like he's a very avoidant and counterdependent type of person. He's coming into this with his own wounds. And if she uses that as a reflection of her worthiness, 
then, then that's a problem because that's not how this works, right? Like, like we cannot pull other people's wounds into reflections of ourselves. We could, we could use it as a, as a point of self-reflection to be like, Hey, I am attracting and falling in love with people who have these wounds who are not emotionally available for me, but like, it's not, your worthiness is not dependent on, on, on how somebody gets over their wounds or how somebody shows up past their wounds. Getting out of the drama triangle is really key for this. So the drama triangle, the persecutor, the rescuer, the victim, be clear about your desires and expectations and don't expect people to mind read. All right. Like never going to work out and then opt out. And then if you do communicate, it's very important, I think, to communicate expectations. Like that's so important before the holiday, before the birthday, you know, it's your first anniversary together, your first whatever together and just be like, Hey, we haven't done this before. I just want to know, like, how important are birthdays to you? How important is Valentine's day to you? How do you like to celebrate it? You know, so that you know what to expect and then observe what they do. You might not want to judge them if you haven't had the conversation first. Right. But if, but if they did something like in my situation where they very clearly say they're going to do something and then they don't do something, observe that, but don't go into the holiday with expectations without discussion prior. Exactly. It's just what I want to like throw in there. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And then the other one I had was to opt out in the sense of like, that's something that I'm considering doing next year is just going away from Mother's Day. Right. And just like, you know, for a couple of years or doing something like that is like really enjoying and feeding myself, not self-abandoning and recognizing that Mother's Day I don't think of Mother's Day is for my kids, right? Like I don't, it's, it's not, it is. I will like center myself in that and say that, like, I think that there is that, that Mother's Day is in, in theory supposed to be for me. So why don't I do the things that I enjoy? And it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy being with my kids, but at the same time, something that I can really enjoy and I can kind of address the triggers and the expectations around it is to maybe just go and do something else. Anything else you want to add? I think surround yourself with loving people. That that's another one. Like, you know, the the my that Valentine's Day story. I don't say it lightly that I broke up with this person who I really did think at the time was the love of my life and a wonderful fit. But, you know, I'm so glad I now I'm I've surrounded myself around people who actually care to follow through with what they say they're gonna do. And that means a lot. And we don't always have control over who we surround ourselves with, but if you do have control, like choose wisely. And if you're young, look, really look out for the red flags because a lot of them just get worse and worse. Yeah, exactly. Is that a bad thing to say? I, I... No, I mean, I think the reason it's a red flag is because it's like a foul and they're not, you know, it's usually like, it's usually like the the mushroom that's fruited a red flag is like the mushroom that's fruited and underneath the ground there could be all sorts of um support for that behavior which will like given pressure and given all the different things that happen as as relationships progress whether they are childless or not will lead to pressure which will allow more of those fruiting bodies to kind of come out of the ground so i think that's a really good one and then I want to say, if you find all those holidays that are supposed to be happy, I mean, this is just goes without saying, right? In a lot of ways, if all these holidays are the ones where you're supposed to be happy and they're the, the most miserable day for you of the year, know that one, you're not alone, <laughs> yeah. definitely not alone. And two, 
be open to the idea that they can shift because they did shift for me and things don't have to always be what, what they were. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful closing thought. Thank you, Anna. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of TSF. Would you like to do a favor for those who may be similar to you or in the same situation? Then leave us a review on iTunes because that's how people can find us. We really appreciate it and we appreciate you. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.